0: This week on Twip Weddings, we're joined by Jasser Abu-Gemini. Jasser is a business coach and talented photographer who transitioned from wedding photography to running a very successful photo booth company called Ready, Set, Booth. Then in 2012, Jasser started the Canada Photo Convention in Vancouver, and since then, it has expanded to Toronto and created an amazing community of wedding and portrait photographers from Canada and around the world. And welcome back to another episode of Twip Weddings. My name is Bruce Clark. And once again, I'm joined in the co-host chair by my one of my usual co-hosts, Mr. Robert Evans. Good day, sir. Good day. Brian Caparici this week. He is off having a baby or had a baby. So we want to congratulate Brian and his wife on the arrival of their new son. So quite exciting for Brian. He so always
1: has some sort of
0: excuse. He's got something, yeah, so he's always busy, so we're giving him a little bit of time off, so hopefully we'll get Brian back on a future show. But on this week's episode, we are very delighted to have photographer, a business coach, an entrepreneur, and Canada's version of Oprah, Jasser <laughs> Abudemani, is on the show. He's joining us, and Jasser is here to tell us more about the Canada Photo Convention and also share some of the other great resources he has created for wedding photographers. So, Jasser, welcome to Twip Weddings. Hello. Thank you for having me. We are excited. We've got another Kanak on the show. So, Jasser is a fellow Canadian. So, sorry, Robert, you're outnumbered again today, two to one that's by That's Canadian. how it
1: usually goes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Awesome. We're we're really excited to have Jasser on the show uh, this week. And like I say, uh, we're going to talk about Canada Photo Convention. But before we get into the show, we just want to remind you how you can participate in the show. We've got several different ways to interact with us. Uh, First, you can visit the website at thisweekinphoto.com slash weddings. Uh, There you will find the show notes for each episode, which will contain links to everything that we talk about on the show. Uh, And you're also welcome to leave your comments and feedback for us there as well. Uh, If you have a question or if you have a suggestion for a topic that you'd like to see us discuss on a future episode, you can email us. Our email address is twipwed at thisweekinphoto.com. Or if you prefer using social media, just add the hashtag twipwed to your post and we'll keep an eye out for your posts. And if you want to get involved uh, with us on social media, you can follow us. We're on Instagram at twipwed. And we also have a Facebook group, uh, facebook.com slash group slash twipwed. So jump on in there. Lots of great discussions happening there. People are sharing their work, asking questions. Um, So that's where you can find us. So without further ado, uh, let's jump into the show. So as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, we've got Jasser joining us today. And Jasser, I I summarized you, tell me if I did a good job of summarizing you, but I basically listed you as a business coach and a talented photographer who transitioned from wedding photography to running a very successful photo booth company called Ready, Set, Booth. And then, was it mm-hmm. 2012 that you started the Canada Photo Convention in Vancouver? Yeah, that's right, 2012. 2012. So in 2012, Jasser had the the brainchild uh, to start the Canada Photo Convention, and then since then, it's expanded uh, to Toronto and uh, created an amazing community of wedding and portrait photographers from Canada and around the world. So we're really happy to have you on this week to talk about that topic. We want to have you on in future episodes because you are a wealth of knowledge and a great resource, I think, for um, wedding and portrait photographers. So looking looking forward to having you on the show. Uh, in the future as well to talk about other things but today we've got you on the show specifically to talk about Canada Photo Convention and some of the other great resources you've got so just a little bit of background on yourself how did you kind of get your beginnings in photography you started as a as a wedding photographer correct
2: yeah I did I mean I started the same way almost all wedding photographers these days seem to start as you start off as a hobby you know you fall in love with it and you want to pursue it as a career and you you jump in with both feet and um you try and make a business out of it. Um, and that's how most of us go about it. Right. So, yep. um, I was doing that and I did that from 2008 until, uh, I'd say probably around 2013, then the 2013 and 2014 is actually when my last weddings were, um, but
0: I made a decision to stop in 2013. Okay. And so yeah. what, what was behind that decision to stop? You transitioned right into a different, different business model and a different business.
2: Mm-hmm. Around that time, I'd already started CPC, um, but I was I was really overwhelmed. I actually had my busiest season in, in 2013, and that was the same time that my father um, got really ill, and he was in hospital for a long time in 2013, and... Um, And, uh, he was just, he was very, very sick. He was in ICU, um, with heart failure. And in the midst of that, I was running this business that was eating all my time up and I couldn't spend time with my family, um, as I needed to. And so the struggle was, you know, do I continue to, 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 um, give my clients my hours or do I give my family my hours? And, um... Unfortunately, I had to give my clients the hours. Like I had contracts. I had obligations with them. I just had to give my time to them. And I decided um, shortly after my father passed away that I wasn't going to let that happen if something else happened to another family member. That, that just was a mistake I wasn't going to make twice.
0: Yeah, that's and that so, work-life balance.
2: Um, yeah, exactly. In time management, you know, I had I had really crappy time management. Uh, I didn't have automation on my side in my business. I didn't have, um, I didn't have the, the proper systems and tools in place that would enable me to have a life. I I didn't have a life whatsoever. I was just behind my computer, locked up, and I was stuck to it, like handcuffed to my computer, pretty much. And so, um, so I made a conscious decision that I, if I was going to keep being a wedding photographer, I only could do it if I either brought on. A team that could help me, or um, or, or just leave uh, because it just wasn't the time. The time commitment was too big for it, and the sacrifices are too big.
0: Yeah, a lot of people don't realize. I think, and, and Robert, you can maybe speak to this as well. Uh, that work-life balance, right? It's if you get into wedding photography, you're really saying goodbye to your, you know, your weekends. You're saying goodbye to probably a lot of family time as well, right? Because when you're when they're off and they're available and they're free, you're working a lot of times. Particularly you, right? You do a lot of travel for your For your stuff.
1: I mean, especially if you have a studio. Um, you know, when I started, I worked for three studios and then went into a studio and and then that was sort of the thing to do. Um, you know, you kind of weren't considered good or successful if you didn't have a studio and at that time where so I kind of did the opposite of what most people did is I you know, I worked for the three studios, had my own studio. I had one studio for seven years, moved, had another one for nine years, and then moved out of the studio to sort of cut expenses when the economy changed and stuff um, and started working from home. But now that I sort of work from home, and of course the internet allowed a lot of that stuff to happen because um, otherwise if, it, if there were no such thing as the internet, then I think most people's business obviously would be locally, and now my business is globally. Um, you know sort of because of that so I'm home a lot of the times but there are times like the last trip I just got back from I was gone 14 days I, you know I was at WPPI and in Tucson prior to that um, so yeah that, that gets tiring but then when I'm home I'm home you know like I walk my kids to school or at least to the bus stop in the morning I'm here when they get home so it is a little bit of a balance but yeah it's tough you know because you still have to run a business and you know, set boundaries. And I know a lot of times uh, my wife doesn't understand that, but I mean, you, you know, running your own business—that is what it is.
0: Yeah, you can be handcuffed to it fairly easily. So, Jasper, what was your? Um, you you made a conscious decision. I'm going to step away from wedding photography, um, and so the, so you moved into you uh, several different things. You you you've got your hands in a lot of different pies. You're doing a lot of different things, but you moved into the photo booth side of things. So how was that? How did that transition work? And and what did you learn from your, your wedding photography business that helped you kind of transition into that, into that business?
2: yeah so I mean like wedding photographers I think you can have the life balance that you know that you kind of you need basically but I just uh, in my particular example I was crappy at that and I think that what I learned from switching over to a different business is that there's nothing wrong with having staff or systems or all those things that all those businesses are supposed to have it's just that when I got into wedding photography as I think the case is with so many photographers it's the barrier entry to starting this business isn't very high um, You can get into it just if you have the passion, talent, you can learn online, you can educate yourself, you can buy the equipment for a relatively low cost. So there's anything to stop most people from jumping into these businesses very quickly without learning how to be an entrepreneur, yes. right? And I think that's something that um, I learned along the way, um, and I wish that I had, I had that in my first business. If I did, I would have succeeded much better than I did, um, but I think that... Um, that's that's basically what I've learned. So I, now I have things like I've I've staff, I have team uh, a team behind me, I have automation software, I have all these different um, processes in place to make this business as easy to function as possible.
0: Right. So you could step away from it yeah. if you needed to, and it could still run and function. You know. Yeah. For large. the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Without you. Yeah. So that's probably the you know the the goal I think of a lot of entrepreneurs is to eventually get to a point with their business where they can. You know, kind of step away from it and not be hand feel like they have to be handcuffed to it 24-7 and be able to take a break and get away from it. But, you know, the reality is yeah. there's a lot that don't find that balance right between that, you know, the, the work-life balance and they are handcuffed to it. And they sacrifice a lot of things like family time and, and other important parts, you know, yeah. miss out things in their lives well
2: yeah and with photography particularly like people are hiring you as a photographer like they want in your case they want bruce clark right or they want robert evans they, they want you guys so it's really hard to replace yourself in your business in a photographer in the, in that kind of model right whereas when i went into photo booths like honestly nobody even they don't care who it is that's running it as long as it operates it's fine
0: right it's, it's a commodity business right so, so you don't necessarily have to be yeah. in, you know there you know running it you can have you can hire staff and and do that, so we talked a little bit Robert um last week when we had Sarah France on the show and we talked a little bit about building like an associate um photographer program seems to be a growing trend at least I saw a lot of that in in, in at w p p i there was quite a few talks on that and and uh, it looks like you know that seems to be a bit of a a bit of a trend. I don't see that as much in Canada, but definitely that's uh, in the u s it seems to be a little bit of a more of a trend. In terms of setting up an associate photographer business, so again, you're, you know, other people are shooting under your brand.
1: Well, I think that comes with when you start turning weddings away, then you're like, oh, you know, I'm just, like, letting money go. Um, mm-hmm. And if you can successfully do that, I think it works well for those who can do it.
0: Yeah. Just review. There's that, a, I guess, a little bit of a model with the, with the photo booth business somewhat, right? Is that you, now that you, you can take on more clients because you have capacity, you just have to add staff and equipment and you can, you know, so if you, if you want to do two weddings on a Saturday or three weddings on a Saturday, you just need to make sure you have enough staff and equipment. Oh, it's very, sc- yeah, uh, it's very
2: yeah. It's very scalable. It's just you know however many machines you have and however you build the size you build your team, right? So yeah. if I had five machines and you know five staff available on a the weekend, there's no reason not to take on uh, more bookings. Yeah. It's just a matter of then you just you just you know reproduce the same cookie cutter model, and all you have to do is just market enough to keep those keep the equipment um, booked. That's all you have to do.
0: Yeah, keep it busy. Yeah. Yeah, I want to have you on to yeah. talk specifically about photo booths on a, a future episode. But um, I wanted to, again, let's switch the conversation over more to the Canada Photo Convention. Sure. So you said uh, back in 20, 2012. Now, was that when you kind of had the first idea? And what's kind of the motivation behind starting the Canada Photo Convention?
2: Sure. So I got the idea actually in 2011. It took me a year to plan out that first conference. Um, And the motivation was not like it was it was my struggle. At that time, actually, my father wasn't sick yet, but I had other struggles. And for me, it was financial. Like, uh, you know, I keep calling this my, my photography business, but it wasn't even something you could resemble call a photo, a photo business. It was it didn't even resemble a business. It was just crapshoot completely. Um, like, I was in a huge amount of debt. I had $118,000 worth of debt. I was buying equipment left and right, so I kept thinking that would get me more customers because I could take more pic- better pictures if I had better tools. I could take better pictures if I took more workshops. I could, if I could only just take better pictures, I could get more bookings, right? And that was a myth I kept living in because that's what people kept teaching me right? Like everywhere I went, I kept going to these photographers that are winning crazy amount of awards and were getting published everywhere. And I'd ask them like, how are you getting bookings? And they just say, well, I just shoot the way I want. People would come to me, right? And that seemed to be like the ongoing um, teachings at the time. And it still is for some reason with a lot of photographers. And I think the reason for that is that we keep going to these big name photographers and we just sit there in awe of them and go, oh my God, they're famous. They're everywhere. They're winning all these awards. And this is how they are succeeding. Is they're just they're unique and they're incredibly talented. That works for them, but not all of us are um, are discovered that way. Like most people aren't so incredibly amazing that all you have to do is just show up and the business comes to you. Yeah, you know. And so um, that was very misleading to me, and I thought that was a way, and I kept trying to chase someone else's path, and it didn't work whatsoever.
0: So instead I, of kind of carving your own, you were kind of like following the next you know, what's the next great thing that I can hook onto that will give me success? Yeah.
2: And, and it was a lot of mimicry. Like I was just, you know, I would look into the photographer and I would go, well, they, they won this award and this award and this award. And they took that workshop and that workshop. If I do the same things, I will succeed. And it didn't work. So, um, I just got frustrated with how nothing was working for me and how I wasn't getting the kind of education I needed to help me out. And I, you know, asked around with other photographers and I was very open and honest and transparent with them. And I found there other people just like me in the same boat that were just like, you know, I don't know. I went into this to make money and I'm not making anything at all. And I was frustrated by that. So I started to do something here in Canada to help uh, photographers like myself. Excellent. And so that's, what, that's where the conference came from.
0: So that's kind of where the impetus for the conference. So what were some of the other conferences? That you, had you gone to other conferences or workshops or combinations? Or what had you gone to in the past that you just weren't getting what you were hoping to get out of it? Yeah,
2: I went to all those things. Um, From the conference standpoint, something I was seeing at conferences was they would do the, you know, they'd get, like, somebody who's good at posing and someone good at lighting and someone who's a photojournalist and someone who is, you know, um, classic and all these different styles and and stuff like that, and they'd put them all in the same room and they'd call that a conference, right? And they were hoping that that would be enough to teach the audience just by putting, you know, all these people in the same room. But that's just a mishmash. And the problem is with that is I think the conference organizers are trying to um, appeal, uh, please the masses, and they're trying to appeal to a big portion of people so they can obviously sell the tickets and stuff. But the problem is with that is that um, if you're just trying to go very, like, generic and mixed like that, you don't, um, you don't like, basically hit what Seth Godin calls a hive, Right? You, don't, you don't strike a chord with an audience. But if you were to get some, you know, if you were to stick it to a genre of photography, let's say you were going to go, I'll give the example of my first conference It had Ben Christman and DQ Studios and we had Jenna and Tristan and we had Devine and Daniel. And if you know those people, you know that if you liked one of those photographers, you'd like all of them. Right? And there was, I think a total, we had like 12 photographers that year. So if you liked one of them, you'd like all of them. So the point was, instead of going very general and mixed and all this kind of thing, I was going very niche down right? and making it more like what you'd see at music festivals. And that was a lot more of my inspiration, actually, was music festivals. So if you go to a music festival, you don't see like, Jay-Z and Dolly Parton. Right. So this, unless, it's a really it weird, unless it's a
0: really weird music festival.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre, right? I mean, I like both of those musicians, but they're not at the same venue because they don't have the same audience or the same kind of fans, right? And right. the kind of people that are drawn to them are not drawn to the other usually, in most cases. So um, when I decided with CPC, I, I tried to hit up one particular focus, and I knew by doing that, I wouldn't have to depend on just... Uh, this, um the small population of early adopters that we would have in Western Canada, it would draw in people from far, far and wide, and that's exactly what happened. So, so I, ended up bringing people everywhere. I mean,
1: I think you're alluding to that, Jesser, but what, mm-hmm. how are, like, you define, you know, more, like, how is, because I'm sure everyone listening is thinking that, how are your conferences different?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, the conference has evolved a lot since the first year. Um, so, in the first year, like I, I described, that kind of focused uh, drive as to our speaker lineup. But now, now really, our, our drive is just so completely focused on the business of photography. Um, when you come to CPC, we don't have talks about posing or lighting or any of those kinds of things. Those things are all very, very important. But there's other venues to teach you that. Um, we're talking about legal. We're talking about insurance. We're talking about accounting. We're talking about marketing. We're talking about um, uh, growing your business to the point where it's giving you financial security. It's, it's, it's to prevent the kind of problems that I had when I was, when I was starting off. Okay. And um, so for people like that, I think that's really the, the difference in CPC compared to other conferences.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, have you noticed that, Robert? You, Robert, you've been around for a long time. You've been in the industry a long time. You've seen. You've been how many? How many WPPIs? Was it twenty five now? You've been to. Yeah, so, you, but you've been to a lot of conferences. Speak at conferences. Have you noticed a, a trend or anything where they try to appeal more to the general mass population rather than focus on on particular niche?
1: Yeah, in I, no mean, areas? I would say to like generalize. That's probably you know. Uh, Exactly what they do. It's kind of like a big, you know, everybody come and you could have business, you can do posing, you can do whatever you want. So um, to have something specialized is interesting. I mean, I figured that was the answer that Esther was going to give me, but um, you know, I wanted to, I kind of wanted to confirm that. And it's nice because if you know, you don't go there expecting to learn posing. You're like, no, I want to learn business, and it's going to be. Two or three days—I'm just guessing—of intense business training. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just gonna recap that. That's
2: exactly what it's like. It's 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 focused on, on those topics.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. So who's um? So you've got. Uh, so you said it's evolved, right? So the so the first time you held it, it was just one um one conference, right? And now you've expanded it. Um, It started in Vancouver and now you've expanded it. So now it takes place in Vancouver uh, next week, actually. Um, So by the time this show goes out, we're recording the show um, early, but by the time this goes out, uh, Vancouver will have already taken place. Right. And then you've got, uh, you've expanded to Toronto as well. So you're going to have Toronto uh, Is it October the 4th to the 6th, October 4th to the 6th this year in 2016 so Mm. um, tell us about the decision to expand kind of outside of Vancouver into Toronto
2: yeah, so um, I was. I, it, that was just simply an analytical decision. We had looked at our email list and, and um, we had them segmented to where they were geographically and we noticed that we had a large audience that were in Ontario. Um, some of them had come out to Vancouver, but there was far more people who weren't coming out to con- the conference, just staying in Ontario. We're like, There's a population base right there that is interested in what we have, who are interacting with us, who have signed up and opted in to learn more about us. Um, but aren't making the flight out to Vancouver, um, so we just did the research on that and decided that it would be a good, uh, wise investment for us to expand out out east, and so we did. Excellent. So this
0: will be is this is the second time it'll be in Toronto. Yeah. This, this yeah. 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 That's great. So who yeah. um, who's the typical audience? Who? How many people come out to CPC? There's a, you you limit it right? There's only uh, so many seats. It's not a it's not a big huge conference. Like we're not talking WPPI or. You know, yeah, applause or something like that, right? It's a much smaller, more intimate conference. Yeah,
2: so we have about 175
0: people that come out to the
2: conferences, um, and it's it's a one track sort of method. So it's not as if you have you have the choice of seeing speaker A in salon A or speaker B in salon B. You everyone who buys a ticket sees all the presentations. You don't miss anything, um, which is good because you get a unified experience as an audience. You all get to see everything and and uh, enjoy it together. Um, and typical people that come up to it are either wedding or portrait or even boudoir photographers. We get a lot of them as well. We've been working for uh, typically two plus years like it's usually not the brand newbies um and it's not often people that are you know 10 years out, but at two plus uh seems to be the time where most people start coming out to uh conferences and workshops in general and so at CPC we see that same kind of kind of um experience level um but it's also mostly like I said people who want to learn more about operating their business rather than focusing on
0: um the posing and the, the talent side of of uh being a photographer. Right. Robert, you go to a lot of conferences as, as a speaker and, and whatnot. Do you go to conferences like outside of that? Do you go to conferences for your own self-improvement and, and growth and
1: working on the business and things like that? Or I used to. You used to? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, just because of my schedule, uh, even, you know, like WPPI or PhotoPlus or one of the, you know, those shows like I always say, like, oh, I want to go see such-and-such speaker, and every once in a while I will get to them, but it's kind of hard, you know, with with the demands on me at different shows. But I I do still really enjoy it. You know what uh, I would actually love to do, and I've always thought of this, you know, again, it's just a matter of time, but, you know, even finding, like, a workshop that I wanted to go to and then just signing up for and and just going, you know, and, and, you know, not that everybody knows who I am, but, um, you know, just sort of be there and be part of the class and not, you know, be on the teaching side of it.
0: Yeah, because when you've been in it for a while, right, it's, you know, I think constant improvement. You can always work on some aspect or some area of your business, even if you've been at it for five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, because things are always changing, right, Jasser? Like, marketing's always yeah. changing, um, you know?
2: And the- the different perspective, like it's, it's amazing to see, like, so there's, there's people who are brand new in the business that I can learn from. They, they don't have to be more experienced than, than me. There's, there's people who are constantly developing their own solutions that I would have never thought of. And I'm just like, that's, that's genius. They're so brilliant. How did you come up with that? And so, and that's, that's independent of their um, experience level. It has to do with their own creativity and their own, um, innovation, right? So um, I really like that. And I also just like being around other like-minded people. I think that having that kind of influence in your life, that isn't just your mom and your sister telling you, oh, you're so amazing, you're so talented, you're the best photographer in the world. Like, it's, it's good to get around other people that are, um, are your peers, right? And just to have that influence. Like, it's, it's, it's infectious, and it's an amazing vibe to be around other, other photographers.
0: Yeah, because it is a very solo you know, a solopreneur, a lot of photographers are, you know, they just, they work by themselves. They're either working from home or, you know, like yeah. in Robert's case, he's working from home. I work from home, you know, so you're kind of home and and, and alone a lot of times, right? So it can be kind of a, a lonely existence as well. So it's even just that having that fraternity of people to, to gather with and get in, inspiration from is, is so needed, I think.
1: I also think what, yeah. what, what Jasser just said, um, going back in my own career, like a little valuable lesson that I realized myself or taught myself is when I first started going to WPPI or conferences, or I would say for the first two or three years anyway, you know, I would go to sit in on different people's classes and sit there and listen. And some of them of course were very inspiring and you, you know, you took in a lot. And then some of them I'd go in there and be like, Oh my gosh, like this person's images blow, you know, and I'd sit there and I'd be back and I'd be kind of negative about it and pick it apart. Um, and But there might be just, like, one thing that I did glean from that. And then after a few years, like, I really, like, sort of analyzed that. I'm like, well, I don't want to, you know, and not that I was, you know, even, again, you know, I was young and, and I'm never an arrogant person, but it's a little bit of an arrogant perspective to sit back there and think that. And I really just mm-hmm. said to myself, like, wow, like, there are things you can get out of these people. So maybe if you don't necessarily, you know... uh, love, you know, their work, it's not your style or whatever, there were always things, so I think if you go, the point is if you go into classes like that, workshops, whatever and, you know, with that attitude, like, okay, well you know, this may not be my style, this may not be my thing, but what can I pull out of here today? What's the one thing that I can learn? You get much more out of it. And when I started, of course, doing that and sort of changing my mindset, I got a lot more out of it. Because I wasn't so focused on the negative or the bad that I didn't like. I was more, uh, you know, focused or hungry for what could I take out of that particular class. Yeah.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, it's uh, going with intent. I mean, Brian, Brian would love us to say that, right? Go, go with an intent when any any workshop or conference you go to, you want to go, go there with some intent and you want to have a, a sort of a game plan of what you want to come away with. But I find too, you don't want to go in with, with too many expectations because sometimes those can cloud what, you, what you're you know you, you may not know what you're going to get from the experience so sometimes if you go in it's like going into a shoot if you pre-plan it too much you might get let down if the you know if the lighting wasn't quite right or this you know the weather didn't cooperate or something and then you it, rather than just sort of going in and embracing you know embracing whatever happens and let your creative side kind of run do you find that just that people come in with too many expectations for whatever it is they're doing sometimes they can get a bit let down rather than just sort of going in and enjoying the experience for what it is
2: uh, I'm not sure about that, but I think something that happens a lot, when it, and even people come to our own conference, they seem to, to have this experience, and it's, it's unfortunate we're trying to teach them out of this, is that they'll come to it, they'll learn all these amazing things, they'll leave with all the inspiration, and then a few weeks later, nothing has been done, right? Like, they haven't, they've filled it in, and they love it, and they're, they're getting the feelings of what they've learned, but the action doesn't happen, right? And so that's the thing I think um, people who are perhaps – um, coming to conferences or maybe like our newer conferences, they need to really be very intentional about it to take action on what you've learned. It doesn't do you any good if you learn it and you don't even put it into play in your business, right? Like you have to take these things and start running with them and implement them and see results, test it, see how it works for you, right? If it, if you don't do that, then it's just, you know, education for education's sake.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can, it can be overwhelming. You can go and come away with so much that, that you're almost
1: paralyzed by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's that's very natural to do, too, because you go to a show, you're around a bunch of people, you're inspired, and then you go back to your, you know, your, like Bruce said, your, your lonely, solitary, you know, place, and you're like, oh, well, all these great people are around, and I don't have that model or whatever. But I think you're right, Jessica, that's really important, is to, like, challenge yourself to... To do that, I think that's a that's something good that any any speaker could learn from. Is like maybe after your workshop, you actually have assignments that people have to do. You know, two or three up to two three months following, to sort of stay with, um, you know that that mindset and that thinking. I always equivalent. You know, the other thing that's exactly like which I was laughing when you were when Bruce was saying it, but it's sort of like the the trade show bag. You know, we go around the trade show and we gather all these pamphlets. Oh, I want this, and I want this, and I want this. I'm gonna do this, and you've got like this big bag of stuff, and you take it home and you throw it on the floor, and it sits there for two weeks, two months, and you just end up throwing it away (laughs) because you just don't like go through it. You know, it's like you have that excitement while you're there, and then it just sits on the floor.
0: Yeah. So, what would be some what would be some tips, Jester, that you could give? uh, You know, if they could implement one or two. Ideas, ways to kind of make sure that they, they stay on course after they've come back from a conference. What would be a couple of tips or strategies that photographers could employ to make sure they do put that knowledge to use somehow?
2: Yeah, sure. So one thing I would say is, is don't delay. Uh, um, you know, like when you have an idea and any inspiration in your life, it's, it's wonderful to have those. I feel like those are gifts from above. You know, you get these ideas, even if they don't come from a conference, they just come out of the blue one day, you're taking a shower, you have this amazing idea. Um, grasp that, hold on to it it's, it's a gift, be thankful to the world that you have this new found idea and use it right away don't be wasteful of your gifts you know? like th- those things don't do you any good unless you take action on them like we said so don't, don't, don't wait off, do it as soon as you can get on it and, and don't waste time because you don't know what the benefit of it to you is until you start using it and the sooner you realize that benefit, the better you're going to be, right? If that can make you, you know, another two or $3,000, let us get on it so you can start having that money in your bank account. Um, that's one thing. Um, the other thing I would say, too, is to, to take, if you're going to take notes at the conference uh, or at these workshops you go to, don't just take the notes and never look at them again. Um, review them. Remind yourself what is it that you learned, like where is it that you were highlighting or making, you know, a big circle around the big bullet points that you really loved. Put them, to,
0: like I said, put them to you as soon as you can. Yeah, are you a fan of, of, of writing down notes, or do you like electronic devices to capture those notes? What do you think? Well,
2: I'm, I'm kind of an oddity because in high school, I never took a single... I never wrote notes, and I, I've never done that in college. I, I don't highlight things. I just I soak it in just watching and interacting and listening, and I, I'm a really, like... I, it's osmosis with me, basically. Yeah. Um, but, you know, everyone has a different learning style. If, if you need an audio recording, you want to use, like, little, like... um. MP3 recorder kind of thing on your lap and you can listen to the whole thing afterwards. Go for it. Like It's, it's whatever's up to you. Some people bring in iPads with the little Bluetooth keyboards. Whatever it is that you, that you need. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm lucky because I can just watch.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. Robert, what type of learner are you? How do you absorb stuff when you go to anything? Workshop or
1: hearing a speaker? Kind of the same way. Um, I have taken notes of this in the past and uh, I've been going to few of uh, you know, not looking back at them, or sometimes, you know, going back and go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I remember this was exciting or this is what I wanted to do. But I I pretty much absorb, too. I think a lot of right brain people, which I think most photographers are, um, you know, our listeners, I learn better by someone showing me and doing it than reading a book and or reading a camera manual or any of that. If I can't find an answer, then I'll reference the book or the manual. Um, but I learn best by watching and then actually doing it myself because there's one thing to watch it and see it and then to actually do it then I think that's when you solidify uh, oh okay, this is how this this works
0: yeah yeah I think I'm probably similar to both of you I do like to take stuff uh, down in Evernote um, and tag it and then it becomes searchable so I find that that's useful so I you know have certain tags I can give things so that I can go back and look at it and remember oh yeah that was a you know an email marketing uh, you know, a tip or suggestion or, or a, there's a, there's a service that you can use for automating whatever it happens to be a client booking form or whatever it is that you, you happen upon. So I like Evernote for that reason is just because it's searchable. Whereas if I write it down in a notebook, it's, you know, I don't know what page it's on. It could be somewhere buried in the notes. So right. I just find it easier to go back through something electronic for me anyway. But again, like Jester said, you know, find what works for you. Yeah. So who um so just to, to the the actual uh, conference itself who are some of the speakers and how did you choose the the speakers so Vancouver like i say is going to happen next week which is after the show will have already aired that will have happened but who have you got coming to Toronto and who is coming who came to Vancouver and how did you choose the topics and the speakers
2: um, well, choosing the topics and the speakers, the topics, actually, it's an interesting way that we get to that. The way that um, I, I target most of those topics is um, in 20, for all the 2014, Oh, no, sorry, 2015, I'm getting my years mixed up here, the 2015 attendees who had signed up, they received as part of their sign up um, a one hour Skype time with me so I'd actually Skype one-on-one with all of my attendees wow. and I did that yeah so I did that hundreds of times um, which was a lot of man hours right to to put in the time into talking to these guys and my intention was it with it was what I really wanted to do was sell a lot of coaching right and I just figured if I talk to people one-on-one and we target and we like learn from them what their pain points are and the solutions that CPC has for those those problems and how I can help them with my expertise I would sell a lot of coaching that was my assumption Um, and it turned out that didn't work Um, it sold only a few coaching sessions not nearly as many as I wanted but what I got out of it was something of far more value than selling coaching Um, what I got out of it was intelligence on the photographer mind, on, on our target audience like they told me everything they wanted to learn, everything they just Kept telling me, well, Jasper, I have a problem with this. I have a hard time with this. I don't get this. I don't understand this. All these different things that they're telling me, they were they were basically showing me how to design a perfect conference, right? right? So they kind of gave you the blueprint, like this is what we need. Yeah, exactly. So then from then, once I knew the topics that I wanted, it was just a matter of finding the experts of those topics. Um, so on our website, we do have an application where people can go and apply, but really I only get like... Uh, maybe you know, uh, out of our uh, thirty speakers that we get a year, I probably get about five or so out of that application. Yeah. The rest of them are people who I either um, know myself through my network, people who have come to the conference before that I recognize those talents in them, or um, or through my podcasting interviews, or you know, the combination of different ways that we get to know people. But once we see that somebody is an expert in an, a topic we're interested in, um, then we vet them through our, our regular vetting process, which is. You know, somewhat proprietary, so I can't really get into that very much. Yep. Um, but we basically figure out that they know their stuff, and then we, we invite them to be a speaker. Awesome. So who are
0: some of the mm-hmm. people that are coming to Toronto that uh, people can look forward to seeing? Because you, you, you bring in some speakers yep. that maybe aren't necessarily, like, globally recognized names, right? They're maybe, yeah. um, and, and they're not just Canadian, right? We should make that point, too. Canada Photo Convention is open to anybody in the world yeah. that wants to come to it, right? It's not just for Canadians. Yeah, we've had people from
2: Australia come out to it, people from Russia, Finland, you name it, they come out from everywhere for it. Um, so, yeah, and I'm not a big, like, I'm not a big huge, um, oh, it's all about the names kind of thing. Like, I really don't care if someone's famous or not. It doesn't yep. have any effect on me whatsoever. So a lot of the people that speak at the conference are people nobody's ever heard of, but that's irrelevant because right. you are teaching what people need to learn, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, so, for example, in Toronto, we have um, James Day, uh, Jennifer Moore, Nicole Ashley's going to be there, Kelly Redinger, um, you know him, he's from Edmonton. Yep. Um, Wiley Wiley's going to be there, Dana Pugh's going to be there, Brian, Brian Capricci, you guys know, obviously. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, Sherry and Mike Filelli is going to be there. So, it's uh, you have to come to the website to come and check out their topics. Um, I, I would never recommend someone signs up for a conference purely on names alone. Like, if you're yeah. just coming because that's a name you really recognize, then I think that what are you going to get out of this? Are you going to meet this person that you saw on the internet and you're just like starstruck by them? Like, what, what is the point of that? I mean, well, who cares about their name? Really, right. who
0: cares? It's the content.
2: It's more about... It's the content. It's what they're going to teach. It's what you're, how you're going to benefit. Are yeah. you going to walk out of this with something that's going to improve you? That's it. If, you, if you're not going to walk out of this with something that's going to improve you, what's the point?
0: So is there a theme, a general theme to to the next conference in Toronto that's kind of guiding yeah. the speakers or...? It's, uh, like I said, it's always business topics, so there
2: are things like marketing, a- anything that can help you operate your business with more efficiency or um, more fruitfully, right? So things that give you more profit and things. So um, yeah, so talking, talking about marketing, talking about how to get more customers, how to get more referrals, um, talking about how to increase your testimonials, talking about your website design, um, those kinds of things. Um, inbound marketing is something we're going to be talking about, uh, pricing, those, those kinds of topics.
0: Okay, awesome. So yeah, great. I mean, we talk about that on this show a lot, you know, uh, business, the business photography, because it's such a huge component, right? It's such an important component of it's the foundation really of running a successful business, because you can't be a photographer, at least not for very long, if you if you can't run a successful business, right, you can maybe make a go of it for a couple of years. But, you know, if you want to be in it for longer than that, you really need to build a sustainable business.
2: Yeah. And you know, like the whole, the art, the art side of all this, it's very, very important. I don't want to underestimate that. I don't want to minimize it. It is incredibly important. I just don't feel like I can fully, um, give what our audience needs to both. We can either really hit up the business side or we can really hit up the artist side. But I think trying to mishmash both is not a recipe for success. So We chose to focus on the business side of things because I have a personal interest in it and I've personally seen the repercussions of being crappy at that.
0: (laughs) I was awful at it. So (laughs) I want to help people get better at it. (laughs) That's good. That's good. Um, So Toronto, it's October the 4th to the 6th is the next one that's coming up. Um, Mm -hmm. And we'll put links in where people can go um, to sign up um, for it as well are you worried about any uh, Americans coming up and wanting to claim refugee status around that time of year it is right before the American election so yeah we've had people say that I think it's just empty threat but <laughs> Robert you're welcome to come up to Toronto and
1: <laughs> I'll come up yeah we're not
0: quite done building the wall yet so you know we'll we'll leave, we'll leave a door open in the wall yeah
1: So in addition to the the wall and you're paying for it, that's right. That's right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So in addition to uh, CPC and and the convention itself, you've got a a whole bunch of other uh, resources and things that you develop. So you mentioned the business coaching. Um, Tell us a little bit about that. What's the business? What's involved in the business coaching? That's kind of one on one working with you. Yeah, so it's working
2: one-on-one with me to get two meetings a month. Um, So every single meeting we sit down and we tackle a certain part of your business and we set goals for where you'll be afterwards and give you tools to get there. So for example, if let's say on the first meeting with me, the person I'm meeting with doesn't have a system for tracking where their leads are coming from and um, where all the lead sources are so they know what kind of marketing is working. So we we build a spreadsheet for them. They take a look at that. We teach them how to use that spreadsheet and get them to start getting in the habit of tracking your leads. So once you know how, where your leads are coming from, you know what's working and what's not, and you can really pump up the ones that are working. And the ones that aren't working, you can either fix them or just kill them off, basically, right? Okay. So, um, yeah, so for example, like if someone's really focused on Facebook ads, well, all the, are they generating, you know, return on your investment or not? You know, we're going to teach them how to, to go over that. So that's, that's like a small little segment of the pie. And then we work through all sorts of other things, like making sure you're insured, making sure your contract is souped up to the max, the way that you need it. Um, your sales process, your referral process, all these different parts, so that by the end of the year, once they've worked with me, they they walk out of it with a, with a business that's you know pretty turnkey
0: and well built. Very cool. Okay. Yeah. So you got the very business coaching. On. Yeah, very hands on. That's great. Mm-hmm. I don't know. that There's a lot of that out there, so that's definitely something um, you know, particularly for a lot of newer photographers could probably benefit from, right? Um, if they need some of that kind of coaching and mentoring. Robert, have you? Yeah. Do you well, Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was
2: going to say, it's an easy way to fast forward past a bunch of mistakes you could make. Like, you don't have to be at this alone. Right. Like you just don't. And I wish I would have known that I wish I would have hired experts that can say to me, you are about to make a big mistake. You should really have a way to, you know, do this or do that or get out of your debt or not build more debt or um, have a way to replace yourself in case of emergencies. Like I had none of that. Right. So if I could have worked with someone who's been through those things who made those mistakes for themselves and I could benefit from their stumbling blocks. And I mean, I would have fast forwarded all, all through that.
0: Yeah, Robert, did you find just cuz the way you started in the industry, you worked for other studios and kind of you had the opportunity I guess to kind of have mentors and kind of learn from other photographers. Would you say that's uh doesn't happen as much anymore these days with
1: newer photographers? Yeah, probably not. I mean, like you said, I I had I worked in a studio as, you know, one of many photographers, so I kind of you know, had that aspect of it. I had other people around me to inspire me and and learn how business systems ran. Um, the last place that I worked for, I was the manager of two studios of the wedding department. Uh, so basically it was like running my own business. The only thing I didn't have to do was pay the bills. So when I made the jump to start my own business, that was sort of the one more tick of responsibility that I needed to take on. Uh, plus I I did have a pretty good mentor. Um, you know, not necessarily a business coach, but more of a family friend that was a very successful business person um, that actually helped me start my business, but uh, you know, someone that I could always turn to for uh, advice and in, in what I should do, and you know, even to this day, you know, like we can't do everything, and there are aspects of my business that I'm not the best at. And um, one of the things that was a real important exercise that he had me do years ago was a time study on myself. And he said, "I want you to, for you know, for two whole days, I think it was, everything that you do, I want you to write down." what you're doing and how long you did it for. So whether it was be on the, you know, take a phone call from a customer, go to the bathroom, work on designing albums, whatever it was, and then classify uh, those things, you know, as, okay, this is this, this is this. And ultimately at the end, you know, you realize like, all right, what you're the best at is being behind the camera and being in front of the customer selling to your customer. Everything else is not worth your time to do. And so if you can, you know, it's better to delegate those things. And And that's hard to do. I mean, par- partially some of that's financial. Like, do we have the means to pay somebody to, you know, put our albums together or whatever it is in, in today's world, you know, do our bookkeeping and all those things. Um, you know, I you need to spend most of your time doing what you're best at. Um, which is kind of what Jasser was alluding to with his business coaching and, you know, finding out from people. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of like how I learn business, but there's still things I'm not strong at, uh, but still things that I still have to do sometimes myself, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's great. So for the business coaching, um, where do people go if they want to get some business coaching from you? Because I think that's kind of unique.
2: Sure. So uh, the information is on our website at CanadaPhotoConvention.com. There's a button at the top that just says coaching and they can read all about it there. Um, they'd have to first do like an interview meeting with me um, where I get to know them a bit and see sort of where they're at and assess them and decide if we're a good fit. And then afterwards from there, they can sign up um, if I feel like they're someone that I could, I could help.
1: Awesome. That's cool. That's how you read out the crazies, right?
2: yeah well and also it's also how to weed out people that have maybe some unrealistic expectations right like if somebody's like i'm already making you know 250 grand on my business now i want to go to seven figures well i don't have the experience and the expertise to get you from the three figures to the seven, you know or start from the six figures to the seven figures that's that's somebody else that's that's the people i need to get coached by um but i can help people who are starting off to get into the six figure kind of category
1: right Yeah.
0: yeah cool and then you've got some other uh, resources on there. You recently launched a, a podcast as well. So again, if you, if you like listening to podcasts, which hopefully you do because you're listening to our podcast, um, Josh, you've got a great podcast as well. Tell us a little bit about the Game Changers podcast.
2: Yeah. So um, it's available on iTunes, Photo Game Changers. Um, with that, it, we release episodes every Monday and Thursday. And in every episode, we interview a different photographer, but ask very similar questions out of all of them. And um, the intention behind that is to have a variety of perspectives on, on um, different things that start first face. So for example, like one of our challenge questions, we ask people, as we say to our interviewees, if let's say push came to shove, you had a dry spell and your business really needed you to book a new customer this very week, you had seven days, like you have you don't have time to waste here. And how would you do it? How'd you make that happen? How do you, how do you, drum up the business, right? And that's something that not a lot of people want to face, but sometimes we do. We go through dry spells, right? like any other business. So we want to help photographers out there who may be going through that by having this entire library of different ways people have faced that situation and how they would would, uh, approach that. Um, So yeah, we ask about that. We ask them to tell us about their biggest struggles. We ask them to tell us about... um, um, let me see here. Another question we have is like we asked about imposter syndrome, right? So a lot of photographers go through a feeling where, um, you know, even though everyone tells them there's there's proof that they are a good photographer, there's, there's customers and there's awards and there's publishing, but on the inside, you can still feel like a phony, you can still feel fake, you can still feel like, you know, what am I doing even calling myself a professional photographer? How did I get into this? Right? And so that's a confidence issue. Um, and it's inherent in artists. And it's, it's something that even the big guys face. So we, we ask them, you know, like, do you face that? And how do you, how do you um, overcome that? Um, so questions like that? Yeah.
0: Very cool. That's, I love that. Yeah, so that's a great, uh, a really great podcast. So I encourage everybody out there to, uh, to give that a listen, like I say, through iTunes. You can also go to Canada Photo Convention site and, and access it from there too, right? Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, um, where can people go uh, if they want to learn more about CPC and register and... Do we have a special offer maybe for our Twip audience if they're interested in going to CPC in Toronto? Maybe we can get a little special deal out of Jasper today? Yeah, yes, we can.
2: Yeah. So me and uh, Bruce uh, Bruce asked me if I could do something for you guys. And yes, we're happy to do that. Give a little gift to the Twip audience. Um, so if you go to CanadaPhotoConvention.com, um, you can sign up there. Or if you want even just... Um, get to know us a little bit more. There's a free download for an ebook I wrote about how to get more referrals in your business. So feel free to sign up for that. Um, and That's awesome, um, also the- by the way,
0: and I want to have a back on talk about that. Cause that, that was a really cool topic.
2: Thank you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of referral, um, um, strategy in there. So I recommend if you want to check it out, you can get it for free. Just sign up for it on our website. Um, And for the TWIP audience, we're going to give you guys a $75 off coupon to sign up for either one of our conferences, um, whichever one you guys choose. And all you have to do is just use the code
0: TWIP when you check out, TWIP. Excellent, fantastic! So there you go. We've just saved our audience money. Thank you, Jester. We appreciate that. So hopefully, you know, some of our trip audience will come out. Um, I'm going to be. I'm looking forward to uh, Vancouver. So I'm heading out there next week. Which is again, the show will air after we've already been to Vancouver. So I went to Vancouver and had an awesome time. It was a lot of fun. (laughs) yeah it's It's coming up fast yeah looking forward to it it's going to be a lot of fun Robert
1: are we going to get you to come out Thank, Toronto for all those drinks and meals he bought you too oh that's yes absolutely Excellent. Good stuff. Well, um, again, we'll put links to all of
0: that in the show notes for this episode. So if you want to learn more, just head on over to our uh, website and look for the blog post for this episode. So um, let's move on then to our next segment, um, which is our listener question. And I, I put this on here specifically because I thought you might be a good person to help answer this question. So this was posted in our Facebook group. Um, Wes Perry asked, uh, does anyone have any thoughts on photographer's insurance in Canada? I'm starting to look around now. So just ask sort if you you, what do you suggest? Any recommendations as far as insurance for, for Wes?
2: Yeah, as far as like a particular um, company to go through, I don't have a particular one that I have any affiliation with. Um, I suggest just asking your broker uh, to look into options for you. Um, you want to specifically look for, obviously, liability insurance is a pretty important thing. Um, that just kind of saves you in case somebody trips over a tripod or something. Um, that could be your fault. That they, you, they, it prevents you from getting personally sued for it. Um, and then I also recommend getting errors in and emission insurance. Um, again, ask your broker about that and see if that's available to you. Um, that'd be a good thing. Yeah. That keeps them, that keeps people from, um, taking you to litigation for things that could possibly be, um, things just like, you know, you screwed up at a wedding or something like that, and someone's going to see you because their photos are ruined or you lost a memory card or something along those lines. Um. But more important than all that, well, I shouldn't say more important, it's equally important to have to prevent those kind of things from happening in the first place, right? So yeah. anything that can cause, you know, obviously injuries to people or cause um, some detriment to your clients, uh, you know, really look at the way you're running your company and, and find ways to minimize the possibility of those things happening. Because, yes. you know, like Mur- Murphy's Law, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. So you have insurance for that, but you also, also must prevent them from happening in the first place.
0: Yeah, excellent. Good good advice. Um, I would add on to that, uh, if you're a member of the PPOC, the Professional Photographers of Canada, um, they have a pretty good insurance program. Um, they've partnered, I forget what the insurance company is, but they have a pretty good um, insurance program as well. So if you're a member of the PPOC, um, you can get good insurance through them. Robert, uh, similar in the States, I think, is that correct,
1: through the PPA? Correct, yeah, because I think PPA, that's who I have mine through um, and obviously that's not, PPA is not the insurance company, but it's the company that they work with. But it's really great. I would think, you know, Canada is probably very similar. Um, but on top of, of you know, that, on top of, you know, paying extra, for that, I have my liability, I have my equipment insurance all uh, through them. And, and then PPA has indemnity insurance, which I think is uh, what Jasser was sort of referring to where if you a know, client tries to sue you because of this or that, they have attorneys on staff, if you have copyright issues, PPA takes that very seriously, they'll go after people, you know, things like that that they'll work for you on your behalf. And um, the indemnity and all that's part of your membership. So I know for a PPA I think I pay like $27 a month or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, so definitely uh, good to have, everybody should have insurance if you're operating a business without insurance. Shame on you! Bad. You get a, You get. You get one of those. You get a, you get a hand slap. So. I, what I think,
1: yeah, Like for those listening, they change too. I was gonna say because yeah, you've got to, you've also have to insure your equipment. But I think even as part of that twenty seven or that annual membership, you get fifteen thousand dollars worth of equipment insurance included in that too, uh, which is great. You know, it, I think it's basically just a loss leader to get them. You know, most people have more than that generally. Uh, but I mean, that's not just cameras, it's computers and things like that as well.
0: Yeah, no, that's good too. Yeah. And then there's also, for you, Robert, I imagine too, you also have to worry a lot about travel insurance too, right, with all the destination weddings and things?
1: Yeah, I don't really, I'm covered anywhere in the world that I go with my equipment through that policy. Okay. Um, So, I mean, as far as equipment and liability and all that goes.
0: Yeah, excellent. Very good. Excellent. Good uh, good answers, gentlemen. So hopefully that uh, gives Wes some, some uh, places to look and go. Um, and of course, if uh, you've got a question for us, we want to hear from you and answer your questions. Uh, so again, you can send us an email, um, twipwed at thisweekinphoto.com. Uh, you can send out a tweet. You just use the hashtag twipwed. Um, or a lot of people are asking questions in our Facebook group now as well. So we'll keep an eye out for your questions and hopefully answer them on a future episode. All right. So that brings us to our uh, last uh, segment of the show, which is our picks of the week. And each episode we will share a photography related item that we think would be a benefit to wedding photographers. And our picks can be anything as long as they're somehow related to photography or the business of photography. So Jasser, you being the guest on the show, you get to go first this week. What is your, you've got kind of a, a pick of sorts for us this week. <laughs> Yeah, so
2: mine is, is, is the buzz around the Instagram debacle that's happening right now. So um, I'm, well, I'm not sure when this episode goes live, but just recently, like in the last two weeks here, when we're recording this, yeah. um, Instagram switched their feeds from being in chronological order to being in relevance order, basically. Right. Um, and so a lot of photographers are up in arms about that, saying, you know, this is ruining my business, and this is um, ruining the um, atmosphere of Instagram. And, and I understand those, those are you know, relevant and they are um, concerns. Um, however, this has been done by other social media platforms before. Instagram's owned by the largest company um, in the in that in that industry, which is Facebook, and they know their stuff. Um, So my presumption is that they've done a lot of market research on this, and they've determined that it it won't kill Instagram. Um, There may be a few people who are diehard chronological fans that are gonna uh, bounce away, and they're gonna find some other social media. But for the most part, the people that are watching our photos, that um, matter the most to you are potential clients, right, and and your existing clients, uh, rather than impressing other photographers. Yep. For the majority of people that are on there. So if that's if that is you, if that describes you, then I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about it. I think actually it gives you an advantage um, that you didn't receive before. Um, Uh, You know, like when when Facebook did this, people who had these big, huge um, Facebook pages that had like 5,000 or 10,000 likes, they put up a post, like the CPC one, for example, has I think 5,500 likes, and when we put up a post, if it's not boosted, it only gets seen by like 100 people, right? Unless it's something that people like and share and they interact with, then it gets seen by many more people. So it's a very small percentage of people that we actually have in our reach, actually receives the stuff that we send out on, on our Facebook page. However, what it does it encourages you to be better about your posts, um, so it's not just boring things that you're putting up all the time. That's one thing that's good about it. But also, and I know that people don't like doing this, but if you do pay for it as an advertising platform, you get to hone in and target and reach the people that you want to reach. Like right now, even on, um, if you go through Facebook ads, you can advertise on Instagram, and you can advertise to brides in any area you want. You know, if you want to go shoot weddings in Banff, or you know somewhere else like that, you can target that particular area and gather that um, people, those people onto your feed. So I think that's that's a huge advantage that. You wouldn't get it if it was just only organic posting. So, there, the people that are going to look at this as a bad thing, they're going to look at a lot of every all, all changes as being bad things, and they're always going to want to live a sheltered life that don't want to see opportunities. But right. don't be don't be punishment focused. Be opportunity focused. You know, look at what what how can you benefit from this, and how can you spin this and make this something that really helps you out. And I promise you, there are ways to do that with almost every everything out there. It's just there's people who are drawn to opportunities, and there's people who are afraid of it.
0: Yeah. And you I always say where be. if you've built your business on somebody else's service, uh, you know, it's like building a house on top of sand. Uh, you yeah. Know, eventually, that found, if they decide to pull that service tomorrow, uh, your business could go away. So you don't want to ne- ever build your business on somebody else's um, foundation. I think.
2: Well, and don't don't build it on only one system. Like, don't build yeah. it on oh, I'm only I'm only Instagram, I'm only Facebook, or I'm only whatever. Like, you know, diversify. It's the same with your portfolio for your investments. It shouldn't be just one thing, and you're just you know betting on that one horse. What happens if that horse gets hurt?
0: Yeah. Like, it's it's just bad idea, right? So. Absolutely. So, the moral of the story is don't freak out and panic over the Instagram change. Everything will yeah. be okay. <laughs> Life goes on. Life goes on. Yeah. Robert, what have you got for us this week as a pick?
1: Well, <clears throat> no, I uh, always am touting Sony things, and that sort <laughs> of is my job as a Sony artist, but I do like to pick other interesting things, but this week I'm... Touting Sony products.
0: There was a big announcement this week, so you kind of have to make this. Yeah, actually, just
1: yesterday. You know, this now won't be yesterday when the podcast comes out. But I mean, really exciting—the new RX10 III, um, which I was most excited. It has a 24 to 600 millimeter lens in it uh, at f/4. It's actually a 2.2 or 2. Up to like 135 millimeter, and then you know, beyond that, it's f4, but even 600 millimeter at f4 for a camera that you can keep in your pocket. I'm really excited to shoot sports with it. I shoot a lot of my kids' sports, and we've talked about that. To have 600 millimeters in one camera, it shoots 14 frames a second, Um, 4K internal video. I mean, there's a lot of many great features about this camera, but uh, and then the price point will be $1,500, which is only two. $200 Two or $300 more than the RX-10 II, which actually they put out less than a year ago. Yeah. Um, so if my picks of the week need to stop being Sony, Sony stuff, they need to stop putting out stuff every two
0: And <laughs> yeah, They seem to be putting out stuff almost timed for the cycle of the show. It's like they know the show is being recorded, and they're like, oh, let's announce some new gear that Robert can pick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so really, I mean, for the, for that price, you know, for a $1,500 camera where you could pretty much, you know, shoot one, you know, especially just, I think, a great travel camera or, um, you know, it'd be interesting. I, I'd like, I can't wait to shoot it. I think it comes out uh, first thing in May, um, you know, to see if it would even be a viable, like, could you shoot a whole wedding with that it would be really interesting.
0: Yeah. You'll have to try it and report back. Let us know. Yeah. Excellent. Good pick. So that's a Sony RX10 III. Correct. You got to talk to the marketing people about how they name these things, though, because <laughs> all these about, companies. Yeah,
1: I've got like, to be able to like, talk about this stuff off the top of my head and keep the brands and the different models of the well, cameras. Yeah. You know, uh, it's hard. <laughs> yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, Robert's, Robert had a $1,500 pick for you. I have a, two, two free picks. I'm like Oprah today. Jasper, I'm sorry. I, I get to do some free stuff. So my first pick is actually uh, Google just announced uh, that the Nick Software Collection, which used to be 150 bucks, is now free. So I downloaded it. Yeah. So it's a it's a really good um, piece of software. I really like the Silver Effects Pro um, part of it, but it's it's a whole series of plugins and things like that. It's now completely free. So. Go out there and grab it. Uh, I don't know if that means Google's going to kill it or continue it or enhance it. I'm not sure, but it's free. So free is always good. We like free things. And the second thing that we've got this week is thanks uh, to our friends over at Rocky Nook, who makes uh, publish a lot of great photography related books. Uh, we are going to be giving away uh, two uh, free copies of Roberto Venezuela's new book, Picture Perfect Lighting. So if you want to get a copy of that, yeah, it's pretty awesome. So if you want to get a copy of that book, um, when this show goes live, we will post in our Facebook group. Um, I always post each show that goes out. Uh, We just need you to comment. I want you to comment on there. Uh, tell us uh, tell us what your favorite photography-related book is, because we love to see what other people are reading out there. Um, and then tag a friend who you think would also benefit from getting a copy of Roberto's new book. And then we will go through and randomly pick uh, two winners, so we'll give uh, one that got tagged and one that uh, posted. And uh, Rocky Nook's going to send you a copy of Roberto Venezuela's new book, Picture Perfect Lighting. So thanks to our friends over at Rocky Nook for giving us that prize to give away. So yeah, I get to feel like Oprah today. That was fun. <laughs> Excellent. You did All well. You right. did well. He did, did very a- well, Bruce. And you yeah. get a book and you get a book and just, <laughs> that's it. just two of you get books. That's it. No, not everybody. <laughs> Awesome. Well, those are some really good picks. Thanks, guys, for those. And sadly, that brings us to the end of another episode of Twip Weddings. Parting is such sweet sorrow, but we want to thank our sponsors for their support and remind our audience to send in your questions and comments for the show. So before we say due bid adieu to everybody what's uh what's everybody up to and where can our audience go to keep up with you jasser where where can people go if they want to learn more about you or canada photo convention or things sure. you got going on or business coaching yeah so um they can join us on our instagram which is at
2: photo convention um they come to our website www.canadaphotoconvention.com they can download my free ebook if they want or check us out on itunes uh photo game changers podcast
0: Excellent. Good stuff. Again, we'll link to all those things in the show notes. Mr. Evans, what have you got going on? What's coming up? Where's are you got any public speaking appearances coming up in
1: over the nope. summer or nope, I'm uh home for a little while. Uh off to New York in April just for a weekend for a couple engagement shoots. Um Best Buy training at the end of May. Uh waiting on the deposit for a wedding in London that I just booked. So it's never booked until it's, tell the money's in your country. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, you know, I just has various, uh, weddings locally and, uh, just kind of looking forward to enjoying the summer. Excellent. Good stuff. So people
0: want to find you, where can they go to find you? Pretty much besides the Sony store store. under my name.
1: (laughs) At Robert Evans uh, is Instagram, at Robert Evans is Twitter, Robert Evans Studios is my Facebook page, and Robert Evans.com is my website. Awesome. Good stuff.
0: And if you are looking for me, you will find me over at my website, which is momentsindigital.com, uh, and I'm at Bruce Clark. On most of the social networks, uh, Clark with an E at the end, uh, except for Snapchat, I'm um, Bruce Clark, too, because there was already a Bruce Clark on Snapchat. So are you guys using Snapchat? Have you guys been Snapchatting? I want to get into it. I haven't tried it yet. Uh, I want to get into Periscope, too. That looks really cool. Yeah, there's all kinds of fun things out there. I recently got into Snapchat, and
1: I have <laughs> a Snapchat account. I haven't dabbled much in it. But that's what all the kids are doing.
0: That's what all the kids are up to these days. So, yeah, I've been Snapchatting a little bit. It's kind of fun. I throw just kind of the mundane, here's what I'm doing today stuff. I've been trying to keep my Instagram feed more professional and, and more of my photography and less about my food and my dog. Um, but uh, Snapchat if you want to see my dog and things. Um, and I, I toured a, well, it's, it'll be down now because it's only up for 24 hours, but I toured a $6.2 million home in Edmonton the other day. jasser mm. you should go check this place out. It's pretty crazy. We should have the next CPC at that place. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be fine. Yeah. Awesome. Excellent. Well, thanks, guys. Again, I want to thank Jasper for being on the show this week and thank our audience for listening to the show. If you love the show, uh, by all means, please tell a friend. If you don't love the show, just keep it to yourself. Um, (laughs) And of course, be sure to visit our website at thisweekinphoto.com for TWIP weddings and all the other great shows that are on the TWIP network, including, did you hear about this, Robert? There's a new alpha. Also, a mirrorless show, all devoted to uh, Sony cameras. So, mm-hmm. lots of great shows on the trip. Maybe Network. they'll have me on as a special guest. Maybe I have to t- talk to one and see if we get you on.
1: <laughs>
0: Excellent. Well, we want to thank you guys again for listening to Twip Weddings, raising the bar one wedding at a time.